Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. What a great pleasure it is to be back on board once again today. Sure, the Minnesota Wild are still in second place in the Central Division. I don't know how, but, well, I guess I know how, kind of, in a way. <laughs> They're also second place in the... Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, but at least the Wild continuing dominant play. They go 2-0-1 this past week. Not bad at all. In a week that I thought things could really be, be tough, and in the Mike Yo era, God only knows. We would probably go 1-2 in regulation, maybe 0-3 in this situation, especially after the way we lost to the Los Angeles Kings, but we still wound up getting a point in that one. Incredible. Let's get started right away. Three games to review, four games to preview. Let's get moving here. The Minnesota Wild lose in Los Angeles, California. Staples Center, 4-3 in overtime. It did not have to go to the shootout. Darcy Kemper was in net like he always is against the Kings. He's had a great history against them. Things started so well for him. He was very strong. But it seems like once one puck gets past him, more follow. The, the way this game started out, it was like Minnesota Wild are back, ready to rock and roll as they had recently beaten the San Jose Sharks. And it was such a fun game, but kind of a mess. The Wild had struggled. Three games in a row, giving up four goals. Really crazy to imagine with Devin Dubnik. Uh, you had them giving up four goals against the New York Islanders, Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Sharks. So then you go into Los Angeles, California with Darcy Kemper in net. Obviously, it's because you have a back-to-back situation. National television the next day against Anaheim. So you're hoping for the best here. Miko Koivu scoring <laughs> pretty early in the game, which was like, oh, here we go. We're going to be just fine. Uh, Budai, who's been solid in that, in uh, the stead of Jonathan Quick, who's been out since the season opener, which is not good, obviously, on injured reserve. Miko Koivu, who basically had uh, a takeaway and then a nice wrister shot past Budai from about 20 feet away. You had to like that. 12 goal of the season. Koivu continuing his strong play. And then Coyle tipping a pass from Pominville into the net. That was nice to see, indeed. Pominville with a rare point. I, I actually predicted Pominville would score against the Kings. Well, he got a point, finally. So he gets his 10th assist of the year after a pointless streak that had reached double digits. Crazy. Uh, Jeff Carter, who's been by far the leading goal scorer for the LA Kings, would finally get things going in that second period. 22nd goal of the year. And, man, I mean, he scored. He had scored at least a point in, of some sort in nine consecutive games. Carter, that one was just too much for Kemper, unfortunately. And then Gabrick, who'd been struggling all year, obviously obviously started off with an injury, missed the first several games, getting his second goal of the year. That figures to see Gabrick with a tip-in off of a Jeff Carter shot. Second goal of the season, tie game, just like that. Only four minutes apart for those. And then Muzin on the power play. Again, I mean, it's just... Mm. It, it, it was just too easy. I mean, Kemper, you just, it seems like he's never in the right position at times in, on some of these, these wrist shots. I mean, it was just a wrister, and it went right past him. Uh, Muzin, 
only his fourth goal of the year. I don't even know why he's on the power play, right? When you think about that, uh, the Wilds struggling in that one. I mean, frustrating to see the Kings take a 3-2 to lead, only 54 seconds in the third period. In a game, the Wild were playing fairly well, but you just had kind of a, a negative feeling with Kemper in that. Even though he always plays well against the Kings, you know, the first two goals scored by the Kings... You just get the feeling Dubnik might have stopped those, at least as long as he's sharp again, and you're hoping to God he will be sharp when he plays against Anaheim the next day, and we're going to find out about that, obviously. We we, we would find out about that the next day. Um, but the Muzin goal, it bugged me a bit. It was frustrating. Um, and suddenly Budai is back being sharp again, and the Wild can't do anything about it. The frustration starts to mount for us. The Kings dominate the possession, the whole for a, for a huge amount of time, puck puck possession dominated by the Los Angeles Kings most of the way. The Wild only mustering six shots in that third period, by the way. The second period, though, was all Kings. Just just dominated the whole time. Um, the face-offs were always won by the Kings, it felt like. Uh, the Kings were more physical. It just seemed like they wanted this game more. And the Wild just, it seemed like they were tired, frustrated. And you wonder, boy, is this the beginning of a downturn? Boy, and <laughs> you figure, well, we're, we're probably going to lose this one in regulation, and this might be the beginning of a downturn here. The Wild, luckily, get on the power play leading into the final minutes of the regulation, and obviously have to have an empty net and everything, six on four, so the Wild have a golden opportunity here, and Parisi able to tip in a shot from Eric Stahl. Man, I mean, he's the kind of guy, again, like I always say, he's the kind of guy who's not afraid to get dirty, not afraid to get his face cut from from something, from somebody's stick or whatever it is. Hope to God, not a skate. (laughs) And Parisi just getting as close as he can, able to bury that one past Budai. And much much to the Kings' dismay, Parisi with his eighth goal of the season and it was like oh thank god and it just shows the character of this team how much how they just never give up despite what a frustrating game it had been what a lethargic feel it had it just had that vibe like it just wasn't going to be our day a Saturday afternoon game in Los Angeles it just does not have the vibe of a good day the way things were heading but Parisi able to get that one in there, thank God. And then Pearson, that one bugged me a bit too. It was it was more the Wild defenders as well as we head into overtime. Alec Martinez, again, the guy who won the Stanley Cup with the final goal in 2014, putting it on net. It was a pretty good shot, but Pearson left all by himself, able to tip it past Koivu. Again, you hope, you hope Dubnik would be there to stop it. I don't know if there's anything he could have done about this one, though. It's a tough play, and somebody's got to be on Pearson. It was an odd man rush situation that just had developed, and the Wild unable to get back in time to help out Kemper. Four goals given up, not in regulation, so it's not as bad as it had been, but still four goals given up. Fourth consecutive game, the opposer, the opposing team was able to net four goals against the Wild goaltenders, unfortunately, and of course the Wild defense struggling. Some bad habits had been developing, and you're wondering, where are things going to go here? Is this team going to step up? Are we going to are we going to see what we have seen for quite a while during this run? As the Wild at this point were 14-1-1 in the previous game. So luckily you didn't add a, another loss in the L column. Uh, it was an overtime loss. It still is a loss, but you at least add a point. Incredible when you think about that. 15 out of 16 games, the Wild get a point. I mean, that is remarkable. So then you head into Anaheim. It just... <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't, uh, it was 13-1-1 at that point, pardon me, because of San Jose. Yep, San Jose, it was, we, we weren't quite that far yet. We weren't quite at 14 yet. It, we would become that as you head into Anaheim, as they would talk about that on the Montreal game. <laughs> Bruce Boudreaux's homecoming, Saturday, January the, the 8th. Devin Dubnik in net, and he did not disappoint at all. And it was a wonderful feeling to see Devin Dubnik. I mean, it was the guy we remember, stopping everything. John Gibson was sharp too, though, and it was... Kind of like old school Minnesota and Anaheim. Usually low scoring, but it seemed like Anaheim always would win these games. But the Wild were the aggressors pretty much the whole way. Unfortunately, though, Ryan Kessler able to break, able to get loose and close to the net with his constant forecheck. He's always, you know, he's basically the Parisi of, of Anaheim. Always got a nose for the puck near the net. And he was able to fill off Silver, uh, finish off Silverberg's shot past Devin Dubnik. But that would be all she wrote for the Anaheim Ducks. Midway through the first period, that was it. And it, it was scary thinking that, yeah, here we go. This is probably going to be like 2-1 to one Anaheim or something like that. That's probably how it's going to finish. But luckily, that was not how that was not meant to be, thank God. As the Wild get on the power play, removing the puck around, keeping the puck in the zone, thank God. In the offensive zone, that's what you want. <laughs> you hope to pray for that. This is in the second period. Dumba able to bury a rifle shot 
past Gibson. That was as tough as it gets. And Gibson, nothing he could do about that one. He's like, oh. <laughs> and Spurgeon finishing on a good pass from Pominville just two minutes later. And then after that, just Dubnik was incredible. After several attempts by Anaheim, particularly late in the game, in the empty net situation. I mean, he was swimming around in that net like a fish, basically, keeping in front of that puck. I don't even know how, I mean, I, I don't know how anybody can do it like the way he does. Just covers the ground that he needs to cover and made one stop after another. And you saw the Wild play physical. You saw the Wild control the puck more in this game than they have in several games consecutively. It was so nice. I mean, not only do the Wild not give up four goals, they don't even give up two. And it's just awesome. After, it's, despite a very furious rush by Anaheim, who wasn't the best during the game because the Wild dominated the puck much more in this one. They won more faceoffs, all the above. Anaheim was very physical like they always are. They blocked a lot of shots because they had to. The Wild, though, maintaining puck possession so much throughout this game. Uh, Eric Stahl was just a man <laughs> just a man on a mission in this game. Eric Stahl and Devin Dubnik just dominating this one all the way. Stahl, of course, a, a goal and an assist. He was a part of both goals officially. Actually, no, this is different. Uh, only, one, only one point officially, but he was a part of several good scoring chances, and it was awesome to see. Uh, the overall star of the game was Eric Stahl, but then again, you got to think Devin Dubnik as well, despite the fact Anaheim only 24 shots on goal, but that furious rush at the end was definitely something to be reckoned with. But it does make a difference when you have the puck more often. You dominate the puck, you, you, you win the ball battles, you maintain possession, and you just play tight, tight defense. You do deny them the puck. It makes a huge difference and things a lot easier on Dubnik. He didn't have to face 36 shots like John Gibson did. And lucky the Wild on their way to a victory. And it was awesome to see. Uh, Gibson, spectacular in that too. Anaheim had won four, four consecutive games. And they're leading that, they were leading the Pacific Division at the time. And the Wild able to overcome things and win one for the coach. And you can just tell this team is behind each other. They're behind their coach. And it was a, just a very, very pleasant Sunday evening game on national television. I have a wonderful homecoming for Bruce Boudreaux. I mean, how, how often do the Wild win in Anaheim? I remember we finally got one last year, and it was like, oh, my God. It was shocking, and that was during the uh, sugar high under John Torchetti. But this is different. This is sustained. This isn't a sugar high. This is the real freaking deal. Sugar highs last five, maybe ten games, but you don't go like ten and zero in those ten games. You go maybe seven and three, or eight and two, or maybe nine, uh, <laughs> maybe eight one and one, something like that. Eight or seven one two, something strong, but nothing like the Wild were able to accomplish. So at this point, the Wild fourteen one and one in their past sixteen games, and then the seventeenth game of this stretch, just <laughs> something unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Thursday night, Wild return to NBC Sports Network. Thursday night to compete with TNT. And if you were watching TNT and watching Inside the NBA, and this night, shame on you. You know what? Shame on you. I mean, this was something to behold. Montreal the previous night, though, to be fair. And Bruce Woodrow very much <laughs> willing to offer this point in this post-game press conference. Very, very strongly. Well, Montreal had played the night before against a physical uh, Winnipeg team. They did score seven goals in that game. They gave up four, so Carey Price, not the sharpest thing you ever saw. And then they got to come in and play as hot a team as there is in hockey and as deep as there is a team, as well-coached as there is a team in hockey, as great a goalie as there is in the league right now. He's not just hot. He's having a phenomenal year. Um, Montreal and Carey Price, boy, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> things started out about what you'd expect uh, something I expected last time around when the Wild beat Montreal. The Wild were able to score four goals in Carey Price, which we thought was unheard of. Last time in Montreal, a few weeks back, during this, this uh, great stretch of hockey, the, uh, the the 12-game win streak, four goals against Carey Price? Unheard of, right? Unheard of. Wild scores so early, Christian Foling stepping up on a <laughs> off of a shot by Eric Stahl, and able to finish his first goal of the season. Tristan Folian, of course, much more of a stay-at-home defense, and he does have a rifle shot, but he didn't use it here. Very rare case to see Folian step up on a play, but he had a great opportunity, a golden one, and Kerry Price just wasn't ready for it. Two and a half minutes in the game, the Wild lead won nothing. So you go, okay, here we go. This is great. You score this early against what they call the best goalie in the league? Well, I mean, and, how, and as uh, <laughs> as all they say, uh, Mulberry would say, Mulberry would say, uh, 
that 26 out of 20, you know, 26 of the GMs in the NHL, if they could pick any goalie, it would be Carey Price was saying during that, that uh, intermission. Well, I'm, um, Right now, it's like, <laughs> I agree with that in the ultimately, but I think Devin Dubnik is right up there now. Absolutely. He's at least the number two guy, and he looks like number one at, at, at this moment in terms of how things are going, especially how things would change so dramatically in that second period as it was just goal after goal after goal, including in the third period. As things just went just, <laughs> the floodgates would open for this Minnesota Wild offense, their forecheck, their puck possession, just a beautiful, beautiful overall night for the Wild. But that first period, very much, again, what you'd expect when you think maybe it'll be a 2-1 to type of game between the two best goalies in the NHL. You thought it was going to happen that way last time. But then this time, you just can't believe how things turned. Eric Stahl with a fantastic play, finishing, making that, making those great moves off a nice forward pass, a nice forward pass from Coyle, able to bury it past Carey Price, and then Jordan Schrader <laughs> off of a shot from a, Jared Spurgeon would just jump in the way, knock the puck off just a tiny bit, change the angle at the last second, which is pretty cool. I mean, Spurgeon does this multiple times in this game, putting the puck on net. And <laughs> beautiful stuff. Schrader jumping in, uh, his third goal of the year. Nice to see him being a part of the scoring again. That's great. It's a, <laughs> it's a poor guy. Had been had been out of the mix a little bit, but he has had chances. Third goal of the season. Now it's 3-0, only a minute, I mean, less than a minute apart between those two. Seven minutes into the second period. Ten minutes later, Niederreiter just, you know, Niederreiter able to finish. Uh, it's like the defense of the Montreal Canadiens just kind of caught sleeping here. It was crazy. Niederreiter just getting all the time in the world. It's like he hesitated and then released it. Tenth goal of the season. Zucker, another situation where he jumped in for his 10th, 10th goal of the season. You just put the puck on net. That's what they say. Just put the puck on net. Nice rifle shots from the little guy, Jared Spurgeon. And Zucker able to finish his 10th goal of the season. Again, the Wild just dominating the puck the whole game. Montreal looked just exhausted. They looked exhausted the entire way. <clears throat> and the Wild just took advantage of the situation. Carey Price did not want to come out of the game, even though he'd given up five goals. It's 5 nothing. They gave him the option, would you like to come out? You're free to come out if you want to, because this is just, you know, obviously it's not your night. We don't want to hurt your stats anymore. You know, you don't want to imagine seven goals up, giving up against Gary Price or six goals. Five is bad enough, the poor guy. You felt bad for him because the the Montreal defense is falling asleep on this one. And then Studer, less than three minutes later, a rifle shot from him. This is about as strong a shot as you'll ever see from Studer because he doesn't, he doesn't have the same shot release you're going to see from uh, Matt Dumba or even a Christian Folian, but still, he does have a decent shot. I mean, it's ten times stronger than anything I'll ever have <laughs> on the power play here. Uh, Montreal, again, giving up another power play goal less than three minutes later as just a, a frustrated, <laughs> frustrated sideline for the Montreal uh, uh, Canadiens throughout this game. Suter with his sixth goal of the season as he continues to be one of the best defensemen in the league, and he once again is on pace for about 50 points on the season, maybe about 12 goals or so. Just overall, just a fun night. 6 nothing Minnesota, and Anita Ryder again, just given, just staying close and finishing a nose for the puck, and, you know, with, without having to be quite as down and dirty as Parisi, but down and dirty enough, Pominville getting his second point in a couple games. So that's good. Him, he finally, He's finally at 17 points in the season. He's on pace for about 35. Uh, you know, I mean, some teams would take that. That's not the worst thing you ever saw, but certainly... Not nearly as productive as he once was. Jason Pomerill used to be about about what Eric Stahl is uh, right now, all up about when he when he was in his prime, and that shows how great Eric Stahl is. When Stahl isn't even in his prime, and look how good he still is. Uh, Nita Ryder, eleventh goal of the season, seven goals allowed by Carey Price, just unbelievable. And then Montreal getting a penalty, <laughs> able to draw a penalty from the Wild very late in the game. And with only nine seconds remaining, it just nothing you could do about this one. Only nine seconds remaining. A, a awesome Mike. Mikhail Granlin type of pass over to Thomas Plakenik, and it's just nothing, nothing Dubner could have done with it, done about it. Oh, you could just see the frustration. He just slammed his stick down like he couldn't believe it. Couldn't get his sixth shutout of the year, but Thomas Kleck would get, Plekneck would get his sixth goal of the year, and Montreal would steal a shutout away once again. It's, it's happened multiple times this year where Kemper and Dubnik robbed of shutouts a couple times this season, and this would be yet another. I believe this is the fourth time this season where it was within the last minute of the game the opposing team would score their first goal. 
and steal the shutout away. Heartbreaking, but it is what it is. 7-1 win. Celebrate. Enjoy. The Wilds still remarkably only, I mean, still one point behind the Montreal Canadiens in total points for the season. That is a remarkable statistic when you consider how great <laughs> this Wild team has been for how, as long as they've been. When you consider 15-1-1, one and, one, and this team still doesn't even have the best record in the league, or still, you know, they're still multiple points behind the Columbuses and such. They're still behind Chicago. Yet, as we say, the problem, the real problem with that is, though, is the Wild had so many weeks where there's only two games. Like, that's why some of these shows were so short. Now it's going to get a little busier. And at the same time, hopefully that doesn't hurt this club. Hopefully they don't get exhausted like Montreal did. I mean, they had their, they got their ass kicked. I mean, they, I mean, Kerry Christ gave up four goals against the Wild last time, seven goals against the Wild this time. Incredible when you consider that statistic. But also the fact he gave up four goals the night before. Uh, 11 goals given up. And how Montoya, Al Montoya, I, I mean, has had spectacular numbers against the Wild in the past. It's funny to think you would actually bench the best goalie in the league for this one game against the Minnesota Wild, who was one of the hottest teams, who was as hot a team as there is in hockey other than Columbus, because how great he's been against them in the past and how Price has just gotten his ass kicked against the Wild this year. 11 goals against in two games. Incredible. Um, just spectacular, spectacular offensive production from this team. The Wild, also. This, the, the, you, you just can't put into words when you consider how this team was like, you know, well, how Boudreaux earlier in the season was talking about this team is going to have to win games 2-1. to one. I mean, what, what else are you going to do? We don't have Sidney Crosby. We don't have Alex Ovechkin, even though he's not even having that great of a season. You don't have all these, you know, you don't have snipers. You don't have Yaromir Yager in his prime. You don't have this. You don't have that. Yeah, now look at us. We have the top, we, we have more points. We have more goals scored than anybody in the Western Conference. And I can't even believe that when you consider that. The goal differential for the Wild is a plus 44 on the season. That is off the charts. Uh, insane. Um, going to the Eastern Conference, only team better in the entire NHL still to this point, And they've been hanging in there. Columbus Blue Jackets, who've actually struggled a little bit. Yet they still have 62 total points on the season. They are a plus 47. And Washington, who actually beat Columbus, not that long ago, it's a plus 40 on the year, so watch out for Washington. But at the same time, I'm not that scared because they always fail in the playoffs. <laughs> Montreal, boy, their goal differential was spectacular before. Now they're plus 25 after uh, it took a six-point hit, a six-point differential hit, uh, goal differential hit against Minnesota Wild just recently. Crazy to imagine. The Wild, two points behind the Blackhawks, but five games in hand. 45 games played for the Blackhawks, only 40 for the Wild. St. Louis is 10 points behind the Wild in third place, and they have played two more games than the Minnesota Wild. Insane. The only team that's played as many as few games as the Wild is Colorado, and they're the worst team in the Western Conference by, um, by a fairly significant margin. What a fun season. You just never want this to end. You want it to only, you only want to see one ending. And I can't say the two words. You, you, I can't say it because it's not good. You just don't say it. Say it when it happens. You know, <laughs> say it when it happens. Oh, it's crazy to think, though, that, I mean, the, the Eastern Conference is so damn strong, especially that Metropolitan Division. The New York Rangers have 57 points and they're in the wild card because their division is so strong. I equivalent to the Wilds, 57 points. It's an insane number when you consider that. Just crazy. That Metropolitan Division is just nuts. Montreal with 48 points in the Atlantic Division. But then you got Columbus, 62. Washington, 61. I mean, where is Washington coming from? Holy moly, they're back at it again. Pittsburgh, 57, equivalent to the Minnesota Wild, who also, by the way, beat them twice. Big time. 4 nothing, 4 nothing. Minnesota crushing Pittsburgh twice, crushing Montreal twice. Man, if only we could have crushed Columbus. But Columbus kind of sort of crushed us. That was frustrating. But other than that... This has been spectacular. But now real tests start to begin as the Minnesota Wild will play Dallas again. That's who is not playing well, but they have been a nemesis to this club pretty much since the... Since, I mean, other than the first game ever played between these two, which was 6 nothing Minnesota, it was a statement, like, we're the team here. Ever since then, pretty much the Stars have dominated the Wild most of the time. It was a nice playoff series last year. The Wild almost forced a seventh game even without Parisi, and you know how the Wild play in seventh, seventh games. Something's got to give here when you have uh, Boudreaux, who's never won a seventh game, and the Wild, who've never lost a seventh game. That's going to be interesting. Hopefully the Wild continue their trend and end Boudreaux's uh, negative one. <laughs> um, and you also have to consider, with Boudreaux's playoff failures in his past, who he was coaching. I mean, Washington is not going anywhere anyway. They've continued to fail 
in the postseason for years. They didn't even get to the conference final last year. So, whatever. I don't know why they would <laughs> fire him, ultimately. I mean, I'm sure they're, they're kicking themselves afterwards. Anaheim was all excited to scoop him up. Then they get frustrated for whatever reason. I mean, you lose a seventh game against the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, okay, and it was an extremely close game. Is that the coach's fault? Or is that just the Chicago Blackhawks were being the Chicago Blackhawks? And that's where the real test begins this upcoming week as the Wild finally play Chicago. We can finally go head and head-to-head against the Chicago Blackhawks, and it's time to make a statement that this is our conference, not theirs anymore. Time to get that done, without a doubt. Let's pass out the awards and then preview some games. The Mike Madonna Award for this episode is going to go to two guys, Devin Dubnik for being Devin Dubnik again, being sharp as all heck, and Eric Stahl for just leading this club in such a spectacular way. He had three points in the Montreal game. He's on pace for 78 on this season. He has just been awesome. He is playing like the Eric Stahl that played with the Carolina Hurricanes. And the Minnesota Wild right now look like the Carolina Hurricanes of 2006, the way they just pounded people. I still distinctly remember the Wild getting their ass handed to them by that club, 7-2 to in Exo Energy Center. It was just a butt whooping. It wasn't the Wild played poorly. It was how good the, <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes were at the time. And because the Wild were actually good in 2006, if you can remember. The Wild actually had a pretty good record that year. But the uh, Carolina Hurricanes were freaking awesome. So there it is, James Shepard Memorial. Kemper, again, not very sharp, really, to be quite honest. That's pretty much what I have to say. Just, you know, they constantly noted how he was out of position. Uh, Mike Greenlee, in particular, out of position on certain plays. Not where you need to be to make stops that are, are, you know, to make, to stop goals that should be stopped. I mean, come on. So Kemper, it wasn't his worst game ever, but you're not going to win consistently when you have that type of goaltending. And it's a shame because Kemper has talent. It's just his mindset isn't where it needs to be at times. So there you go. Kemper, we'll have the James Kemper Memorial. Let's take a quick break, come back and preview four games. Time to get busy. back here on Brave the Wild. Wasn't that first segment fun? Aren't you excited about this club right now? And again, forgive me, uh, my fa- my head is still a bit, a little bit of congestion going on, so forgive me. I was starting to feel a little icky last week. Um, my wife is uh, the culprit. Doggone it. So, but I'm just about better. That's still, it's like the wrap-up of the cold. It gets, your voice gets all messed up. So, at least I'm not coughing too much. It's more of, yeah, just, ah, in general, hoping for it to come to a close here. Four games to preview and a real test coming up. But then again, it'll be a, it'll feel like a tune-up at the end of this. <laughs> Wild play New Jersey and Arizona. I don't like the Wild against New Jersey very much, but hopefully the Wild will be ready for this one. I think the Wild playing a lot better. Boy, that's going to be fun, though. Dallas and Chicago. Woo, boy. Last weekend, you had Los Angeles and Anaheim. That was fun. Now you have Dallas and Chicago on the road. So back up here in the Midwest, at the end of it anyway, you're in Dallas. So you stay in the central time zone. You go down to Dallas and then come back up to Chicago, but almost straight line. Not quite. You go a tiny bit east over to Chicago, blah, 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 and then come back home for a four-game homestand, which will be nice. We'll start with New Jersey and Arizona. Hopefully the Wild do not lose to Arizona. That would be bullcrap. To Dallas, though, Saturday, January the 14th. Saturday, January the 14th. And, of course, we will check in on the prospects again as well. It'll be much briefer than it has been because, the, of course, the World Juniors are over. A spectacular finish for the USA. God, God, gotta love that. Um, back on October the 29th, the, the Wilds crushed the Dallas Stars 4 to nothing. A little revenge for the postseason. The Wilds get a point during their times of struggle a bit back in November 21st before things started to get really, 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 really exciting as this December swoon was completely non-existent this year. <laughs> Just slightly non-existent, I gotta say. 3-2 to two victory for the Dallas Stars in overtime. Unfortunately, Oleskiak is out at this point. With, uh, he's out with a hand injury and others along the way. Hemsky out with a hip injury or hip surgery long ago. And Janmark, knee injury. Injured reserve for all the above coming in for the Dallas Stars. So not huge names necessarily. But, you know, always, you know, there's always somebody. <laughs> Victor Bardley out for the Wild with that, with, with the injury much, much earlier in the season as well. He was one of those fringe defensemen that 
don't think would be cracking the uh, the NHL roster right now, the way this defense is playing. Oh, man. Um, very exciting. Dallas Stars, not very good right now. They're, they have 44 points. <clears throat> they're only one game above 500. They've had eight overtime losses in 43 games. They're, they're only about 13 points behind the Wild. A crazy difference from last year. And it's amazing how things can change so dramatically in a year, yet Chicago still being what they've always been. St. Louis strong, but not 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 like like people would have expected. They're playing kind of like the Wild under Mikey O. Hmm. Why would that be? Okay, we'll leave that alone. I'm sorry. Okay, I don't... <laughs> they're just, you know, like not that great. You know, like, okay, yay, we'll make the playoffs. We'll be like the sixth seed and then get beat in the first round. Kind of like when the Wild were the sixth seed and we beat them. Okay, let's leave that alone too. I'm going. I'm, go- <laughs> I'm kicking myself here now. Tyler Sagan... Woohoo! Tyler Sagan leading the way still for those Dallas Stars. Jamie Benn also missed a couple games with Sagan with 41 points. Jamie Benn with 34. Spezza, the old Wiley veteran, still hanging around with 26 points. Patrick Eves. It's like there's a drop-off. John Klingberg, still one of the best defensemen in the NHL, but certainly not, you know, it's just the whole overall vibe of this club. Not what it's been. You're seeing a drop-off. Obviously, you have the two main stars. The Dallas Stars can definitely score goals, but they certainly give them up. Klingberg and such. That defensive core not having their best season. He's still he's still putting the, he's still have, having results, putting the puck in the net and such and helping others, obviously. Uh, Patrick Eves, Tyler Sagan leading the club with 15 goals apiece, but obviously Sagan Definitely the star of this club. Literally the star of stars. With, but he's a minus eight on the season. It just shows the struggle this club has been going through. Having not so good goaltending is not going to get it done. And the Wild have been there and done that. Remember when you had <laughs> Darcy Kemper and Nicholas freaking Backstrom who couldn't stay healthy if his life depended on it. And he was, and when he was healthy, he's too broken down anyway. It's over. you know. And that's where the Wild were before they acquired Devin Dubnik. And that's kind of where the stars are right now. Um, Kerry Lettinen. He's getting a little bit older. He's not that old, but and he's not the guy he's been in the past. He used to dominate the Wild, and then the Wild finally started scoring on him, and then bada-bing, bada-boom. Anthony Niemi, who was part of a Sharks team years ago, was also a part of the, I forget if it was the Blackhawks or Philadelphia. He was a part of the 2010 Finals. See, that's where I'm losing my mind a little bit here. But Anthony Niemi, who's just, he's never been that great. He was just, you know, he was good enough for a team that was playing so well. It was the Blackhawks. Yep, that's who it was. He was it was the Blackhawks at the time when they didn't have things established. He had such a great record in the 2010 season. I thought it was the Hawks. Yes, uh, both the both the Blackhawks and Philadelphia had mediocre goalies, but they were playing so well. Like Philadelphia was playing like Columbus or like or like how Philadelphia played earlier this year with their 10 game win streak, and um, man, they have three trip three double digit win streaks along the way. Crazy. Um, but that's what was going on. Two teams that were just scoring and getting the job done with mediocre goaltending. Uh, the Stars unable to do that this year. Kerry Lennon and Niami. Niami slightly better. And I mean very slightly better. Don't be surprised to see Niami in net. But, you know, as the Wild have had their way with Kerry Lennon uh, of late, uh, it's gotten better. In the past, you'd, you'd want Lennon in there because he'd been so strong against the Wild. But, again, this team's starting to solve things. I think the Wild should win this game. I think they should. I mean, if they don't, that's kind of lame, you know? I think it'd be disappointing. Uh, Kemper was in net against Niemi. That's what took place last time. I would not be surprised to see Niemi in net, and I would not be surprised to see Kemper in net. <sighs> Hopefully that doesn't spell a loss. Huh. Because it could. Because obviously this is a back-to-back situation. So I, Darcy Kemper will be in net more than likely. You gotta hope for a better performance this time around. Um, when you have Chicago tomorrow night, you gotta have Devin Dubnik in net. I didn't like how Dubnik played against the Blackhawks in the playoffs a couple years back. That was crazy. It was a huge disappointment. And, of course, Corey Crawford always just a pain in the ass. We'll talk about that shortly. Boy, this one, I wouldn't be surprised to see a similar situation, hopefully with the Wild winning 3-2. to I Actually, I mean, the Wild's offense should be able to score against Ante Niemi. It's frustrating that we only managed two goals last time around, but the Wild's offense was struggling at the time. I'm looking at a 4-3 to three victory for the Wild, which which might take an extra period, possibly. Extra time, maybe not the whole period, if you know what I mean. 
but maybe a 4-3 to three type of game where you might get frustrated. I mean, Sagan, expect him to score. Don't be surprised. Most likely guy to score for the Wild against the Dallas Stars. Who do you think it is? It's Eric Halla. He always scores against the Stars. And he will factor in the scoring in this game, believe it or not. I'm going to give it to him. The Wild will win 4-3 to three with the extra period necessary, possibly. Um, I'm just, that's just my <laughs> my hunch. Don't be surprised. I mean, Naomi and, and uh, uh, Kemper, not going to be the prettiest matchup, but it's going to be backup versus backup in this one. When now when you go against the uh, the Blackhawks the next night, you're going to you're going to have your work cut out over here. You got to get it done. So it is what it is. <laughs> Corey Crawford, Patrick Kane. Oh boy, do we have to talk about this? I don't even want to. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I do want to because this is going to be a spectacular game. Or at least it should be. January, Sunday, January the 15th, the Minnesota Wild head to the former Chicago Stadium, the United Center. It hasn't been Chicago Stadium for many years, but I had to say it. Um, Blackhawks, first place, the Central Division. First place, the Western Conference. Wild, second in both. Yes, Patrick Kane leading the way like he was last year. 45 points, not the leading scorer in the league like he was last year, but man, all the same names and some of the players. Like Amnistov coming from the uh, Winnipeg Jets, or excuse me, the Columbus Blue Jackets in the uh, Brandon Saad trade. That one worked out. 31 points in 41 games for him. 18 goals, leading the Blackhawks in goals. Who would have thunk that in the Brandon, uh, with the Brandon Saad trade? All the players the Blackhawks got back. Uh, they're like the New England Patriots of hockey. I mean, they just, you make a trade with them, they always win, even though Brandon Saad's been very good with the Blue Jackets. But then you get good players back and, and prospects, draft picks, all that, as definitely the Black uh, or the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets gave up a lot more than that of the Chicago Blackhawks. And NBC Sports Network, national television, let's keep that national television positivity continuing. Let, let's keep it going. You beat Anaheim, you beat, you crush Montreal. Let's beat the Blackhawks on national television in Chicago. Couldn't be better. I hope they can. <laughs> I really do. Uh, you got all these great defensive defensemen that have put the puck in the net for so long. Brent Seabrook, 21 points on the year. Duncan Keith, probably the best defenseman in hockey. 29 assists, 31 points total. Oh, man. Artemi Panarin, who is just an undrafted free agent. An undrafted freaking free agent. Yeah, 42 points on the year. Just unbelievable. Picked up last year. He had 70 points last year. This team, again, New England Patriots of hockey, right out of Russia there. Oh, man. Oh, maybe that'll be Kirill Kaprizov for the Wild out of, out of the fifth round. That wouldn't be too bad. Let's get her done. Who's going to win this game? Corey Crawford always seems to get, ugh, he always seems to stop what he wants to. Doggone it against the Wild. Shoot it high, right? Shoot it high. <laughs> I'm sure hope it'll be, it'll be nice to see Bruce Boudreaux's club this time around against the Blackhawks. Hoping things can be better. Brian Campbell back in Chicago. Good for him. Woohoo. Uh, Zarmelson, one of the best defensemen in the league. Not 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 a big point guy, but he blocks everything that comes his way. Oh, Marion Hosa still. All, he always scores against the Wild, and he spurned us back-to-back years. I'm still bitter about that. Third on the team in goals at 16. I hate the Blackhawks. I hate them, and a lot of people like them, and I respect them for what they're able to do, but I hate them. I don't want them to win. Oh. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's almost like I want to pick a win so bad, and I know this team's going to be ready for it. Should I pick a... But it's like I can't pick this team to go for it. No, I certainly can't. That would be crazy, even though they're capable of it. Sure they are. I, I, I don't want to pick a loss against Dallas, but if Kemper's in net, that possibility exists. Right now... Hey, I picked a loss against Montreal, so guess what? I'll pick a loss against Chicago. Hopefully it backfires and goes in the right direction for us. Just like I was hoping last show, Chicago will win the game. Chicago will win the game 3-2. to The Wild, I think the Wild will get a point out of it. Yes, they will get a point. They will go to extra extra period, but the Blackhawks will win 3-2 to in extra, extra ice time, so to speak, in overtime, the extra period. The most likely guy to score against the Chicago Blackhawks is going to be... Jared Spurgeon. Yeah, I think Jared Spurgeon will be the top player for the Wild in the game. Or dare I say Eric Stahl. Um, I'll go with Spurgeon for now. I hope the Wild win this game, but right now I will pick a loss. And I I really hate to, but it's just if you have to pick a loss right now, it's going to be this one. This is the toughest one. You just hope this isn't some type of a a glass ceiling the Wild can't, can't break through. But you know what? 
Just like the Blackhawks, the regular season isn't everything. It's the postseason. That's what matters most. So if the Wild have to beat the Blackhawks, do it in the postseason. That's what matters the most. Because the Wild will have to play the Blackhawks in the postseason unless they get upset in the first round, which would be very nice if it did happen. Tuesday, January the 17th. This game is one of those annoying trap games. And it would be no excuse, man. You can't lose to these sons of guns. <laughs> oh, Last time around, the Wild lost in overtime. All the way back from the 22nd. And I picked a loss in that game. It was only a 2-1 to one game. The Wild just could not score at that time. The Wild were struggling so much offensively. Things have changed so much since then. Devin Dubnik only giving up two goals. Was very sharp like he was the whole beginning of the season. Corey Schneider, awesome in that game. Uh, 28 shots against Joel Eriksson. Yule Eriksson X scored his first goal of his career. It was his first game with the Wild. And then Taylor Hall won, uh, won things in overtime. Of course, he was acquired from the Edmonton Oilers in a pretty nice trade for both clubs, actually. Nice defenseman and a nice scorer, Taylor Hall, which would have fit in nice at the Wild if things could have gone that direction. But since then, New Jersey has not been very good. In fact, they've been downright terrible. And the goaltending is partially to blame, but also the fact they don't score worth crap. Uh, their defense has been solid, and that's why the Edmonton Oilers called them up looking for a good defender last <laughs> during the offseason. Corey Schneider has really dropped off since then. I mean, 2.73 goals against average, and these guys don't score for crap. Taylor Hall is the leading scorer with 27 points. Travis Zajac with uh, also 27 points. And after that, just not a whole much. Not a whole much going on. Michael Camilleri, who's ancient, 22 points on the season. P.A. Perenchio, who, <laughs> who was one of the goal scorers last time around, one of the only two goal scorers against Dubnik last time around, stuck at only 19 points on the season. Um, the Wild should be able to win this game. And if Dubnik's a net, there's no excuse the Wild should win this game. Um, the defense of this team, not what it was before, and they don't score at all. Uh, surprisingly, I mean, yeah, they, they haven't been scoring at all lately. They've, they've lost 4-2 to two to Toronto, 2-1 to one to Edmonton, 3 nothing to Florida, 3-2 to Edmonton, and 2-1 to one versus Calgary. They've only scored two goals in the last five games at maximum, two or less in the last five games. And it probably even goes further than that. But it's been a huge struggle for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, winning 2-1 to one against Calgary in Calgary, okay, that's possible. Winning 2-1 to one in Minnesota, I don't think so. I don't think you're going to get two goals past Dubnik with this offense. I mean, it's possible. But I don't think the Wild are going to get shut down to that extent. Corey Schneider will definitely be a net in this one. I think the Wild will pull out the victory. I'm going to go with a 3-1 to one victory for the Wild. Most likely guy to score is Zach Parisi will score against his old club. Or at least I would like that to happen. 3-2 to two victory for the Wild. They should outplay this team. They should be able to shut them down to a point that they only get one goal. And if they get two, come on. That would be annoying. Honest to God. That would be very annoying. Arizona Cardinals. No, Arizona. <laughs> I'm just messing around. Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, they might as well be the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, hmm. Devin Dubnik's older brother, he looks like him. And, of course, he was the, the starting goaltender, the main guy, the number one guy when Devin Dubnik was there. He literally looks like Devin Dubnik's older brother, doesn't he? He's been better, but he doesn't have a whole lot playing in front of him. Um, you thought New Jersey's offense was bad. This offense is non-existent, yet they beat the Winnipeg Jets most recently 4-3. to three. Go figure. And they beat the Islanders 2-1 to one, <laughs> just recently, too. Uh, they won a couple of home games in a row after getting beat by Calgary, Vancouver, Anaheim. 4-2, 3-0 to Vancouver. Ooh, ooh, that hurts. 3-2 on Jan 6th versus the Anaheim Clucks. Wow, that's insane. <laughs> that's kind of funny, actually. The, the Arizona Coyotes, I almost called them Phoenix again. They've been in Arizona for a while now. Um... The Wild need to win this game. And, of course, uh, New Jersey has tons of injuries as well. But, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll move on from that for the moment, um, including Mark Savard, post-concussion syndrome. That's not good. Uh, Thursday, January the 19th, in Excel Energy Center, of course. Mike Smith, will he be able to continue? Uh, will he be able to sh- shut down the Wild? I don't think so. Uh, last time around, on December the, f- the 17th, during the Wild's win streak, when uh, the, early on, when I figured this was the beginning of something, the beginning of a, a, a at least a small win streak, a nice strong play here, four to one victory for the Wild. That's when things started getting rolling or continued anyway. And the Wild now will play on January the nineteenth against Arizona. For me, there's no reason why the Wild shouldn't win this game. No reason at all. I'm going to go with three to one 
Three to no, I'm I'm gonna go with four to one. I think it's gonna be strong again. Four to one, maybe even four nothing. Four zero. Minnesota will beat the uh, Phoenix, the Arizona Coyotes. Dubnik will get a six shutout here. We'll, we'll go with that. Four to zero. Minnesota is gonna beat this team um, again. The offense, the their third leading scorer, has 16 points on the season. Redem Verbeda, Verbeda, who's been a solid player of, of, overall for this, this Arizona club, has 27 points. Shane Doan's still around. He's agent. He's been agent for five years. Only 12 points on the year. I mean, sometimes it just gets to a point, I don't know, maybe you should retire. I don't know. I'm not trying to be mean. <laughs> Love the loyalty, though. I mean, he's been there since they were the Winnipeg Jets. And to think that the Winnipeg, the original Winnipeg Jets, still have a player playing in this league. Kind of like Omadano hung on for as long as he did into his 40s with those Dallas Stars before he, before he played one final season with his hometown Detroit Red Wings. Much to his uh, enjoyment, I suppose, to a point. Alex Goligoski left the Dallas Stars. He's in Arizona. Um, neither club is playing well, but this one's worse. <laughs> this one's the worst team in the Western Conference right now. Um, actually, there's yeah, there's they're a little bit better than Colorado. I shouldn't call them the worst team. Colorado is actually even worse, but they're more dysfunctional than they're bad. Arizona just non-existent. Um, I like Dave Tippett. I've liked his defense, but. The defense isn't even that good, and Mike Smith isn't that good, and the offense is non-existent. I like Dave Tippett. I think he's a very good coach. It's too bad, though, that he's stuck with the organization right now that appears to be going absolutely nowhere. Um, most likely got a score in this one. Eric Stahl will score against the, the Arizona um, Coyotes. So my, the Minnesota Wild will win 4 to nothing. Devin Dubnik's sixth shutout of the season. I'm actually predicting a shutout on the air. Crazy. Because it's like you don't want to do it because it's kind of, I don't know, Kind of danger zone a little bit, but he will get his sixth shutout on the season. And I got to start stop saying that number. <laughs> I don't want to say it three times in a row, right? Oh, sorry. But a strong week for the Wild. Three in one week, the Wild will get points in every game. In my opinion, you may see an overtime loss or two, but the Wild will ultimately win three games in regulation. This. <laughs> well, well, it doesn't matter if it's regulation or not. The Wild will get three wins in the win column this week. So there you go. Let's check up on the prospects. Might as well look at and Dmitry Sokolov watch. Let's start off with that like we always do. That guy is just tearing it up with the Sudbury Wolves of the OHL. 45 points, 38 games, 32 goals in 38 games. Do you realize that? And then tagging in four assists, or 13 assists. His team must not be really good, though. He's a minus 16 on the year. Man. Uh, with, with all that offensive production, only he's a minus 16. Man, that team must stink. And that's too bad. And I do remember their record not being really good. But man, they have a hell of a score on those Sudbury Wolves. You thought last season was impressive. 30 goals, 68 games, 52 points. He's already at 45 points in only 38 games. Uh, so he might he might wind up with 100 if he keeps this up. And that's pretty impressive. He'll probably get to 90, though. <laughs> He's going to get close to it at, at the very least. You, Eric Sinek. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's hard to really judge European statistics. And what a, what a nice tournament he had. Um, he's only played nine games there for uh, the Sweden Hockey League. So we'll leave that alone. Only four points in nine games. That's I don't, I don't know why it's so few. And I'm sure there's more going on than what they give you. And it's kind of frustrating when you consider that. We'll check in on some more. Let's look at Iowa. Uh, Lucia, Mario Lucia, adding a couple assists this past week. As, I don't know, it seems like Iowa, they're just like the Wild. They don't play hardly ever. They play like one or two games a week, and it's kind of weird. Uh, Polkanen just dominating 26 points in 28 games. Gotta love that. 12 goals out of that. Two assists, though, added for Lucia this week. One assist for Riley. Both of them at 15 points on the year. 18 points for Alex Tuck, adding his eighth goal of the season. So he's kind of slowly jumping up a bit. Sam Anas finally getting his fifth goal. Uh, he's struggling down there a little bit. Uh, he's a minus 12, too, which is as bad as it is. He's the worst on the team with a minus 12. Samanos, only 11 points on the season. You're hoping for a little more production out of that guy down there. But I guess it's his first year playing semi-pro hockey down there at the AHL. Well, it is pro hockey, but it's not NHL level. You get the idea. Um, Gustav Olsson still stuck at... 14 points. He added his fourth goal a couple weeks ago, but he stayed healthy this year. He's played 35 games for the club. That's very good news. So good for Gustav Olsson staying healthy. That's one of the issues there for him. So really not a whole lot else to say other than Alex Stalock with uh, only allowing one goal recently in his most recent game. A nice 4-1 to, four to one victory. 
for the Iowa club. Very cool to see Alex Stalock continuing a strong play. Should the Wild make a move, send Kemper down, maybe help him get a little bit more sharp and have uh, Alex Stalock in that, which obviously he's been in the NHL before and he's been strong in his past. So hope for the best. He's, he, most recently he was not good in the NHL, but he seems to have really tuned things up down at the AHL level after a poor start to the season. And Steve Mahalik, a former wild draft pick, not former, but a wild draft pick a couple of years back in a sixth round, has been strong. D has been decent down there as well. 2.81 goals against average. Only 6-8 and eight on the year, whereas Stalock is 11-10. and 10. He's become the starting goaltender for the Iowa club, and you'd think he would be, but again, nice to see Mahalik doing well also. So there it is for the most part. Right now with college hockey kind of kind of just starting to get going, you're not going to see updated statistics right now because obviously you had the, the World Juniors going on and all these guys were, you know, busy. They weren't playing college hockey. That That's just getting started right now this weekend. So don't have a whole lot of information on the Coonins and the, and the Greenways and Boca and Sadek and all these guys with the Gophers. And it's pretty cool. <laughs> Gotta love the development. Hopefully they continue to show this the strong play. Um, lots of talk is that Jordan Greenway will at minimum be with the Iowa Wild next year, and I can't wait to see that. It's going to be awesome. I mean, everybody says this guy already has an NHL body, and very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Um, nothing going right now with fan interaction. It's unfortunate. It's quiet all the time. I don't know why. I mean, I miss you, Benny Allen. I know you're listening over there in Australia. Others out there, you got to get Neil Nate Dog Thiesing on the air as well. I mean, I, I know you guys are out there. I mean, I've seen you post before, I mean, there's there's a good number of people on the Facebook page, but I'd like you to join it, those of you that haven't, that are listening, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild, we'd like to hear from uh, Jim Madiel or, or uh, Chance Costick, of course, brother-in-law there, my uh, my brother married his sister, so there you go, there you go, <laughs> at Brave the Wild for Twitter, give that a follow if you could, there's a call-in line for Brave the Wild, it is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877, it is a voicemail, do treat it as such, mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild, or your statement, shout out, question, comment, have it be one to three minutes, something like that, there's also the call now button if you're international, so like a Benny Allen or somebody out there, that Atene Brown in New Zealand, in, any of you guys out there, possible, even Vince Germano, even just like a little, just say hello, something, anything, anything, talk about the wild a little bit if you could, and uh, it'd be great, the call now button goes through Facebook Messenger into that phone line, and then there's the audio submission road, which is always welcome, that you just use your uh, free voice recorder app on your smart device, smartphone, tablet, Xbox, whatever the hell, <laughs> whatever it is. And email it into PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description on iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. So if you just want to be able to see it right in front of you for whatever reason, especially especially like the Paladino Live, if you're not familiar with the spelling of that, there it is. So thank you again very much for listening. Please tell your friends if you could. Please give a positive rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or Double Twist. I will definitely give you a shout-out and a big thank you on the air. So thanks again. Take care. We'll be back next week with hopefully a win against the Chicago Blackhawks and more. 